Leadership File on Premier. Welcome to the show which helps you lead where God has placed you. I'm Andy Peck. Most churches will have some kind of ministry to children, serving those who are part of the church, those who are outside the church, or perhaps both. But what is best practice when it comes to children's work? What variations might there be on best practice between one church and another? Well, I'm joined this week by Sam Donoghue, who is Head of Children and Youth for the London Diocese and a Consulting Editor for Premier's Youth and Children's Work magazine. So welcome, Sam, to the Film. Indeed, welcome back. We've been yes, before. the second second time. The second time. So lovely to have you back. Uh, I mean, you travel to churches a fair bit. What, where's Where's your home church? I I'm part of a church out in Essex. I, although I work in London, I, I live in Essex. It's a church that I I grew up in. I I'm part of the Sunday school team there. I'm oh wow! Right, right you know, as a volunteer in the trenches. In the trenches. Oh, I, I love it. I it's a it's a thing that if I, I I've never been that. I meet a lot of children's workers who say. You know, I, I I need to make sure I'm part of the adult service because I need to receive myself, and I, I've never I've never got that. And right. I, for me, my faith would die if I didn't do children's work. That that's is, lovely. that's where I'm supposed to be. And mm. if I had to sit through an adult service with a 30 minute sermon every week, it would that would kill me far quicker than <laughs> okay. being part of Sunday school. Because okay. you know, I think for me, it's the most life giving thing I do, and so. Mm. You know, be still vol- even though I have a, a role that's across a diocese, there's no sense of you know being noble and oh I must continue to have a hand. Mm. It's nothing like I love it. I no, love doing good. children's work and I love working with children. And mm. I think my faith grows more from an hour in a group of children mm. than it generally would with an hour okay. in mm. in the in the sort of adult body of the church. Right. Now there's Essex and Essex. There's the rural Essex and there's the the ed- edge of London Essex. Yeah, we're South Essex. We're we're commuter Essex. Right. There's there's three Essexes really. There's like yeah, edge of London Essex, and there's commuter Essex, which is like just you know loads of quite big towns sustained by their stations right. yes. and their swift access to the city of London. And then North Essex is beautiful, and if you mm. you, know, you wouldn't believe that Essex is so lovely. And yeah. we are in South Essex, where right. the commuter where we all commute to London every morning okay. en masse okay. and don't talk to each other. <laughs> right. Now give give us a brief. You know, the London Diocese covers roughly from where to where. Yeah, I mean, Diocese London is north of the river. It's inside the M25. It's basically in old, you know, if you, in, in in old terms, it's the, the 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 county of Middlesex plus the city of London and the city of Westminster. So we we have most of north most of what's north of the river, but the Diocese of Chelmsford covers what used to be Essex, and so I see. it comes in as far as Stratford and the you know, the river that runs through the Olympic Park. That is our boundary okay. with Chelmsford. And so we don't have all of the East End, but no, sure. we're sort of 450 church communities. Right. And obviously all fully urban. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, and what I'm looking today, Sam, is, is best practice when it comes to children's work. And I gave you a, mm. a whole host of questions, far too many probably for our programme. But nevertheless, I do want to cover uh, some of these things. Obviously, we have to start with the legal bit, which is... Someone who's involved in children's work needs to uh, use what used to be CRB is now a DBS check. So there's a legal bit mm. to start with, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we we would we would we wouldn't want to focus too much on a DBS check. Well, our our emphasis as a diocese and and in good practice is always around safer recruitment as being a package. You know, a DBS right. check is a 
a useful and important tool, but used in isolation as it sometimes feels it can be is a very blunt tool. It's, you know, the equivalent of buying a car on the basis of having seen its MOT. Well, you know, the MOT will tell you it's roadworthy, but you do want a bit more information. And so in terms of um, safe recruitment, you've you got to use the DBS check alongside references, alongside a good job description, they know what they're signing up for, and alongside a good interview when you get a sense of what they see about themselves as a volunteer. You want to get to know them a bit. You want to know how to help them thrive as a volunteer, where their skills are. Do they have a secret passion for juggling that suddenly could transform your Sunday school? <laughs> you want to find out all this stuff, not just like, is this person safe to have with children? Of course you want to know that, but there's so much more you want to find out so you can deploy them well and help mm. them to thrive, just like you would anyone else in your church. You mm. want to know how they can thrive in a, in a position of service and not just how they can do it through a sense of ought because they won't do that for very long mm. and, and every church has to have a safeguarding policy is that yes is it, is it a legal requirement um, in terms of generally it's a it is be yeah pretty much it is within your um within your insurance and stuff and most most you know organizations require churches within them to have a, a safeguarding policy so you absolutely should have one and of course and and you know it's kind of beyond my remit to do that support. Mm. So people like the Church's Child Protection Advisory Service are the people to talk to on that. They are fantastic. We work with them a lot. And they will be able to make sure you have all this stuff in place. So that's the Church's Child Protection Advisory Service. Yes. So you can just Google them and yes. find out more if you need to yeah. um, on that particular bit. Okay. So um, so when it comes to best practice within, within children's work, what would be the kind of range of situations you face within London Diocese with respect to children's ministry? Presumably there's some, there are some churches, sadly, have no children's ministry at all. I mean, I mean, in, in London, that's very rare. I mean, going back to... You have to remember that for us in London, because we're, we're in a young city, mm. have high levels of immigration of generally younger people, which means that the average age in London is pretty low. Okay. Added to the fact that all of our churches, you know, are in a community. Mm. We don't have rural churches that sit on their own on a hill looking beautiful for a wedding, but right. without many people living near them. And so actually for us in the diocese, having no children or even no teenagers is actually pretty okay. rare. That's, that's good to hear. Um, it's equally rare to have loads, mm. but we are, we are as a diocese, still in a place where we have we, we would expect most of our churches to have children and okay. young people in them. Okay, fair enough. Um, so let's, let's assume a, a church... With children, they've got their safeguarding policy. Mm. Um, best practice with respect to the ch children's work appointment, assuming that you have enough mm. finance to appoint mm. a children's worker. Um, I mean, there's a there's a step before that, okay. which is is really what is the the vision and values of this church in terms of children and young people, mm. because making an appointment is a staggering waste of time and money if the church as a whole are not committed to children right. and young people. You're yeah, just yeah. going to recruit someone who's going to hate their job and are going to fail. And they're going to fail because you didn't you didn't get the, the groundwork right. in place. A children's and youth worker is not going to solve all your problems if, the, if the, your church acts in a way that makes young people not want to come. Right. Having a paid children's worker won't change that. So there's a step before that which says that Good practice is actually about a church which is, as a body, committed to loving, mm. nurturing, welcoming, mm. not just tolerating, but welcoming to the heart of the community, mm. children and young people. Now, if you've got that in place, then a really good worker can be a catalyst that mm. can really cause that to explode. But if you've got a church where children and young people are an afterthought and where 
finally guilt has meant you go, oh, we've got some money, perhaps we'll spend it on a youth worker. Well, that'll fail, and that and that won't be anything to do with the worker. So mm-hmm. point one is, you know, you got to earn the right to a point, not just in terms of finance, but in terms of culture mm-hmm. and being a church where young people are already loved and welcomed and held. Yeah, yeah and, and you'll be familiar with the, 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 fact, the fact that in some settings, the appointment of a youth worker is actually stop volunteers mm. coming forward they've said oh, well, the youth worker's going to do it yeah and i guess there's a par- parallel potential within the children's ministry absolutely i mean that's the and that's something we we really battle with in our in in london that the you know the thing in london is is people have no time and so people are very used to to buying in services that free up time and so you know they look at the house and they go oh it's a bit untidy i know i'll hire a cleaner mm. And they look at their Sunday school and the Sunday school says, you know, the, the church leader says we need volunteers. And they go, oh, I'll put a bit more in the offering and that way I'll get some, <laughs> buy someone in to do it. The problem with that is you create a, a little isolated area where mm. children aren't part of the body of the church. And in the end, they plop out the top of that. Mm. And, you know, that either means we make our issues around that transition between children's mm. work and youth work even worse because they plop out and mm. there's no youth work and they've never really been part of the body of the church they disappear or mm. they plop out at 18 and and fall at the, the, the that other massive transitions hurdle of 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 young adulthood and being a mm. student or that kind of stuff when and so the idea that employing someone will save the day is is not going to happen mm-hmm. and equally Generally, youth workers won't be in post long enough to be able to make a huge difference. So even if they come in and there's a big rise in numbers, you're unlikely to retain that youth worker for more than three or four years. On average right now in the UK, it's two years, Mm. which means that it will just drop away when they leave unless you build something which Mm. is more coherent than just, Mm. hey, here's a great person, do it all. Mm. Mm. Because they will and it'll go well, but it just won't last. Sure, sure. Um, So... Actually, finding volunteers. I mean, I appreciate mm. a lot of a lot of the work that you and people that you work with are already in volunteers. But mm. you know, if a church is kind of thinking we we know we're a bit stuck, a few people have moved away, mm. um, is the appeal from the front saying please volunteer the way to go ahead? Is it better to approach people you think might be suitable? Is is there some other mechanism? Because obviously, the the last thing you want is is volunteers that are going to be useless and there's no mm. screening process. I mean. I mean, I, I, I've got all the nice things I would say to a vicar in that situation, but, but Andy, because I'm just maybe in a grumpy mood, <laughs> I might tell you what I really think about that, mm. and that is if you've got to that point in our modern UK, mm. it might be too late. Mm. Your Sunday school might die yeah, yeah. because you're going to get in that cycle of appointing anyone who moves who's got, you know, you can, mm. who you can do safe recruitment on, and they're going to do it badly for a short time and hate it, and the mm. kids are going to hate that. And so they're going to stop wanting to come. And, and that might be it. The, the yep, key yep. is to, from a position of strength, when things are going well, before those people left, mm-hmm. that was when you should have been recruiting volunteers. Yep, yep. That's when you should have been going around people over coffee saying, we have a great time out in a Sunday school. Why don't you come out one mm-hmm. week and just mm-hmm. have a look? Mm-hmm. Just come and have a look. And then maybe you just want to come and be a helper. And once you've got them as a helper, you're there thinking, hey, do you want to tell the story or do you want to lead the prayer? Or do you want to just sit with that kid who I know can be challenging, but you know because you know him well. They're blooming rewarding when they get when it works. And so you're thinking, yeah, go and sit with her. You're going to, 
you're going to get through that. And when you get through that, you're going to just realise how fantastic working with children are because when they when it when it's great, it's amazing. And 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 that's how you recruit volunteers is actually is 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 thinking about that when it's going well. Now, obviously, I'm not going to say right, but if so, if you've got past that, give up. But there are some things you can do which will make a big difference. One of them is the church leader, whoever that is, needs to go and get involved in the Sunday school. They need to show that it's important. They need to show that this is something we're deploying our best people at. If you've got a worship leader that everyone goes, oh, look, he's the worship leader. He's so good. or She's so amazing. Get them involved. Show how you're sending your best people. So it's something that the church look at and go, oh, yeah, that's something the church is invested in. This is something which is important to us. Um, from there, there's something that's really important about about sowing vision, about recruiting volunteers in a way of saying, here is an opportunity to do something which is really exciting. Children are at the heart of the mission of our church. They're at the heart of our community. And so recruiting, volunteering to be in the Sunday school is to volunteer to be part of the core ministry of our church. This is not an an add-on for people who we don't think are any good for anything else. People who fell off the flower rotor and now end up in Sunday school. Or <laughs> people who, were, as I've met before, people who are recruited as church administrators and are so terrible at it they became the children's worker. Oh. This is not what we're after. We're after a sense of this is an amazing opportunity. And you've got to sell vision. You've got to sell the importance of that. Because there's a big culture thing. And once you create a culture thing that says that, you know, what we're doing with children is absolutely one of the key central parts of the mission and the ministry of our church, then people will start to step forward because they buy into wanting to be part of your church's vision and mission. Um, the moment it becomes a specialist occupation, then everyone can just rule themselves out and go, oh, that's not how God's gifted me. <laughs> Well, you're listening to The Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Sam Donoghue. Uh, we'll be back just after this. Welcome back to The Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Sam Donoghue, who's the head of uh, Children and Youth for the London Diocese and a consulting editor for Premier's Youth and Children's Work magazine, where we were talking before the break uh, about best practice when it comes to children's uh, ministry. And um, Sam was... was giving us his uh, thoughts about the uh, importance of volunteers uh, and the the need to create a vision to paint a picture of the importance of children's ministry within the church and if you don't have that then frankly um, you're, you're always going to struggle with with children's ministry so uh, in terms uh, links linked with volunteers Sam a lot of churches employ a kind of rotor process so mm. They have a number of people on the rotor, and maybe it comes up once a month. Um, uh, obviously, if you've got quality people, that's mm. one thing. But actually, it can give the impression that actually this is uh, something that you may not really want to be doing, mm. but you're on the rotor because someone's got to cover it. Yeah. So can you talk to that kind of issue for us? I mean, rotors are, I mean, they are the bane of the church in many ways. <laughs> um and there's no doubt, and, and this is where we get into that balance, don't we, between the the pragmatic of what people will commit mm. to versus the mm. the idealistic, and that's you know the nature of church leadership in many places is how do you how do you hold those two things together about what you know is absolutely the best and what you know you can actually deliver. Mm. Um, there's no doubt. There's a reason in a primary school and in a, you know before they get to secondary school, kids have one teacher all year. Mm. 
because that relationship with that one teacher is really important. Mm. And there's no doubt that if you were building a Sunday school in order to create the best environment for those children to grow, mm. they'd have the same leader every time um, because you would develop that relationship over time. And, you know, if you want to create a, an inclusive place for children with additional needs, that relationship mm. with someone who knows them, that sense of being able to be, begin to read their mood and get mm. a sense of how do we respond to how they, all of that stuff mm-hmm. will only come from relationship. Also, just the fun of Sunday school is really only going to come from relationship. You want kids to have fun. You know, the kids in my group, they know me. And so they know that if we're going to play a game, it's going to collapse into ridiculousness. (laughs) They know it's not going to be high-level competitive sport. They know that at some point we're all going to collapse laughing and it's all because Sam's forgotten the rules and got (laughs) it wrong. They know all that. If they don't know me, they just think, "Who on earth is this madman who can't make, who can't run a game?" Mm. Um, they know all that. They know that sometimes I'm going to turn up and have to confess that I've forgotten the props for the story. Whereas if they don't know me, that I'm going to turn up and I've forgotten the props for the story, and it's going to be a disaster. <laughs> so all of this is important. Mm. But, and I would say, from my point of view, my faith grows from being with children because I need them as much as they need me. And so I don't massively buy this sense of I must be part of the adult meeting to receive something specialist for adults. I want to, my faith's going to grow by living in a community with Christians. Mm. And if those Christians happen to be aged between, well, my Sunday school between four and 13, then that's fine. Those are who I've got, you know. I'm incredibly challenged by that, about how it's very easy for me as an adult to swan into Sunday school and think well I'm now some kind of God because I've got all this knowledge and my role is like to sit in the adult meeting and be filled up with this extraordinary God stuff and then I've swan into my Sunday school and deliver all this and they will be transformed but actually that's not the leadership that any Christian's called to we'd never think that way with adults but we are there to to serve and our faith grows as we serve and as we give ourselves to others. Yeah. And so that is the call for the children's leader is to go and to serve and to listen and to not think of yourself as anything other than a fellow pilgrim who's there to keep them safe. No, no. You know, that's where you are. And so, you know, I was hugely challenged about... Um, I read Sam Wells talking about the Good Samaritan saying that because we're Western Westerners with resources, we always read that and think it's a parable about how I should use my wealth. And it's not at all. It's a parable about an unusual saviour, an unexpected saviour. But we, because we're Westerners with resources, we never think, what if I'm the man in the ditch? Mm-hmm. What if I'm bruised and broken and needy? And what if God has sent someone with the resources to save me who's not the person I expect? Yep. Now, I would, I would suggest to you that one of the groups of people in our church can be a bit marginalised, but who might have the resources to save you might be a child. Yes. And that doesn't mean we have to, in a very super spiritual way, say, children, you must come to the front and pray for us in front of all these people so everyone can see this wonder. It just means that your primary role as a children's worker is not to do any more than follow God with the children that you're with and to encounter God with them. You know, something which I've, you know, really impressed on the leaders that I work with is if we're doing a, an activity or a prayer activity with the children, 
one of the things that you have a tendency to do as a leader of children is to think, well, that's the children's activity. My role is to is to make sure everyone's doing this. So my role is is you do the activity as the child, Andy, and I stand behind you just checking you're doing it. And if I notice you're, you know, you're writing out your dream Everton team based on the last, you know, 10 years of the club, which has not got many names on it, but, <laughs> you know, I, I go, Andy, it's prayer time, come on. <laughs> but that just is a, a weird hierarchy. Yeah. It's surely more healthy for me to sit with you and encounter God too mm. and do the prayer activity. Mm. And you'll find if you do that, I'm miles off the point. But you'll find if know. you do that, all your behaviour issues start mm. to dissolve because mm-hmm. you're not having me versus Andy. We're having me and Andy. We're encountering God together. So rotors we were talking about. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. But I'm also aware that though for me, in our church, our current format is we do two weeks on, two weeks off. Um, I would happily do it every every week. I get more out of the weeks I'm in the Sunday school than I do the weeks I'm not. Um but creating that continuity is important. Mm. I have been, to, I do know of some churches who went the whole hog and cancelled the rotor and said that if you're a children's worker, you're a children's worker. So you're out every week. Mm. Um, they had this sneaky thought that, you know, that you could go to Evensong and that would mean you're at evening service. And so you'll still receive from the Lord. And lo and behold, the rotor collapsed. You know, the, the structure <laughs> collapsed and the rotor came back. So you've got to balance the idealism yeah. versus the practicality but I do think there's something about expectation with a rotor that if we if we use the rotor as a means of apologising and saying we know that no one really wants to be a Sunday school leader we know that no one really mm. wants to go out with the kids and so I'm approaching with a rotor and I'm saying what is like the most mm. I can twist your arm to do then that just tells everyone in the church that what we're doing with our children is not important mm. and so you do want to be saying to people how much can you do on this How well, this is a great opportunity if you do every week, that's fine. But what about if you do two weeks? They get to know you. Be what if you? You know, that's a much healthier way of doing it. I did. I did once meet a church where they said we'd love you to meet our Sunday school leaders. I went on the day and there was 150 of them, and they only had 30 kids. I was like, and the answer was everyone did one week or year. <laughs> I was like, that's no good. <laughs> um, so just a brief, as we we close, a brief mm. thought about curriculum, the importance of or not, or. Um, yeah, curriculum is a great way of taking a load of planning off you. Mm. That starting with a blank sheet of paper every week is quite burdensome, particularly if you volunteer. It um, equally just picking it up and thinking you can use this as it is is ridiculous. You can't. You've got to know your children. You've got to work with your children. You've got to make it work. You've got to find one. You've got to tweak it and make it appropriate for your young people. So. They're all. I mean, they're very. There's there's a lot of very good stuff out there now, but just don't expect to be able to pick it up. I know that from my perspective, I haven't used curriculum in years, just because I just want to. I just generally sit with the kids and we we tell a Bible story and then we talk about mm. what we think about it and then we spend some time, sort of engaging in some spiritual practice. So for me, I do that because that's like the minimal planning model, and actually you get loads out of the kids doing that. But mm. curriculum is officially and generally a good thing. Mm. And an age at which children finishes and youth starts is there a good I mean, rule of thumb I mean this is a this is a, a, a question that we could talk about for the whole session because <laughs> what we're touching on is that issue of transitions and the fact that 
you know that classically at secondary school it's classically it? at secondary school because we like to because mm. partly that's because the whole paradigm in the way that the, Britain sees children right now is through the lens of school yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know whenever any issue happens around children it has to be picked up by schools need to do this more because mm. we have no way of understanding children other than school and churches buy into that and and the key to good children's and youth ministry is you're journeying with you're not out front telling what you're journeying with and so I would say you've got to do this in a way that's appropriate for the young people you're working with you know particularly if you've got small numbers don't kick them out of Sunday school if they want to stay engage them more as leaders get them involved don't make it okay to sit at the back and do nothing and then equally you know if they want to go and be part of the, the activities for older kids a bit early let them do that and ensure there's as much bleeding and crossover between the two age groups as possible because what you really want to be doing is holding them in relationship through that time um that that's the key what we don't want is a sense of competition or a sense of youth workers going yeah you're in the real stuff now (laughs) or children's workers going oh they're going to ruin our kids you know you've got to create a smooth sense of really being part of something that's together and good crossover where youth workers are well involved in the children's work and children's workers are well involved in the youth work because it's really about it's about you know journeying together it's not around we're not running education programs we're creating discipleship through the community sam wonderful we could we could carry on talking we've got most of the questions done you'll be glad to know so thank you so much so that's uh, sam donahue he's um the head of children and youth for the london diocese and a consulting editor for Premier uh, Youth and Children's Work. So thank you so much, um, Sam. You're welcome. Um, so uh, do listen to uh, archive versions of Leadership Farm by going to Premier's website. You can uh, get a copy of my book, uh, The Leadership Road Less Travelled, by going to Premier's uh, shop. Uh, that book includes uh, my reflections on uh, leadership as I've uh, interviewed 600 plus uh, Christian leaders over the last uh, 10 plus years. So I look forward to your company again next Sunday at 3.30. Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to The Leadership File on Premier. Andy Peck serves as a tutor at CWR, a Christian charity whose courses and publications aim to apply God's word to everyday life. Contact him via email apeck at cwr.org.uk. Thank you.